over summer, we're having a little break at tea with the Queen, but that doesn't mean you're left empty-handed. I'd like to share with you some earlier interviews from Season 2. Our listeners love all our stories, but these ones in particular stood out. Please enjoy. Hello, I have an invitation to tea with the Queen. Yes, Emma's been expecting you. Please come in. I think that we just massively underestimate, especially as women, our own capability and awesomeness. And it's changed. It's changed my life completely. Yeah. Sometimes I think you go through this journey as a business owner and think you're a bit crazy. You're like, who am I to have this dream? I just think women are hard on themselves. I wish I had been more confident in what I was capable of. But I feel like you do what feels right for you and that's going to be always on brand. Women, our natural inclination is to be pleasers and to put other people before self. I've never had a tea with the Queen before and this is such a pleasure. (laughs) Hello. I'm Emma McQueen and welcome to Tea with the Queen. Chinzia Cozzolino was in the kitchen one day when she came up with this brilliant idea. You see, her daughter Lana was a fussy teenager, fussy about what she ate. Chinzia wanted to give her something quick and easy to make, a healthy meal she could take to school. She threw a whole heap of wholesome ingredients into a blender and voila! It was the genesis to her business, the Smoothie Bombs, a tube with five bombs of yummy ingredients for five separate meals. Twelve years later, Lana is working beside her mum in the business, which is taking the world by storm. Chintzia and Lana, welcome to Tea with the Queen. Hello. Lovely to be here. It's so good to have you here. Tell me how you came up with the Smoothie Bombs. What was the inspiration behind it? Okay, so I went back to uni at the age of 42 to, you know, upskill. I was passionate about nutrition and I thought I need to be able to provide for my family with some better skills. So that was the the initial thing. I went back and studied nutrition. And while I was doing my degree near the end of it, I had a really fussy eater in my house who was Lana. Me. (laughs) And because of her, I was pulling my hair out, just wanting to find ways to get some nutrition into her. But she was also, you know, really picky about food. And so really with all the bits and pieces that I had in my house, I decided that the best option for her would be a smoothie because she would get it because she'd enjoy it. And that's kind of where Smoothie Bombs came about. I started playing with different superfoods and kind of good foods that I knew would help her brain when she was at school and all those sorts sorts of things and came up with a few samples. She tried it. She loved it. And really that's where it started from that was the need in my family that I was trying to fix and um, from there, it just like kind of, it seems Float. like it went really fast, but really it, you know, looking back now, it's just all this progress that went along, but it was that initial thing that, that really set that light bulb going in my brain going, this is something that I think is great and it's going to work. There is nothing like a mother on a mission, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You've grown from your kitchen and now you're huge. Lana, where can people buy your smoothie bombs now? 
So we're an online store. That's our best place to grab from us. We have been in stores before. We do have a couple of select stockers, but we're mainly online and we love that. We love being able to communicate directly with the customer and help them with recipes and support and all that kind of stuff. So you've made the choice to have limited stockists. Is that an actual business choice that you guys have made? I think initially we were, look, initially we were in lots of stores. We were in lots of, you know, around Australia and we weren't really listening to the customer because we didn't know who the customer was. In fact, I originally got the customer wrong. I thought the customer was a health food shop uh, customer that goes to health food shops because we had all these organic, you know, great ingredients, superfoods that were really specific. And I thought only people that went to health food shops will get it. That's that's my target market. But what we found out is that that wasn't our target market at all. Our target market was really predominantly women, lots of the times mums, who wanted to be healthy but just didn't know quite how to do it. And I was offering them a really easy solution that was pre-portioned, had all all the things that I was saying as a nutritionist was good for the family. And so we discovered along the way that our best way to sell the product was for us to talk to the customer directly. And we found when they were on the shelves in all these supermarkets and all these places around Australia, we just didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Makes so much sense from a strategy perspective and understanding your target market. It totally changed our business too, totally changed it, made it much more customer-centric. It made us much more able to to pivot to what the customer needs and that's what we've done ever since then. Oh, for sure, yeah. We definitely have a really strong connection with our customers and we listen to them, we ask them for feedback constantly. Yeah, I love that. Tell us, what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced running your business? <laughs> so many. This is our 12th year in business, so there have been lots and lots of challenges. Some obvious ones that come to mind are, are packaging uh, challenges, like even just, you know, sometimes we have mishaps with packaging. They're often things that kind of, you know, create a lot of stress mm. with how they, they might come in in the wrong colour. Like this is basic stuff that you can do things like that. I mean, the whole thing of going from retail to online was a big challenge. We initially thought, oh, my God, this is bad. This is We kind of thought that we were a retail brand. Well, so. yeah, I think we were naive in thinking if we get in all these stores and all these stores wanted to stock us, we're like, that's great, that it'll just sell off the shelves. And what we really had to figure out was who is our core customer and how do we speak to them and listen to what they need and give them what they need. Yeah, we realised that that wasn't going to sell. Like it's not that hard to get a product on the shelf in stores. The hard part is selling it. They'll get you in, but if you don't sell, if that doesn't sell, you're Consistently. out. So that's that's the part that we learned. We just thought we need to actually educate because the product is unique. Unique. It's not yeah. something that if it was a loaf of bread or milk, easy to sell it because people know what to do with it, whereas ours was like a new concept. Yeah, so first of its kind. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to get them to understand on the shelf. That was the whole purpose of trying to get them online with us so we could really show them videos and what and what it meant and how to use it because you'd be surprised how many people didn't quite know what to do with the smoothie bomb so we we needed to do that filmed oh god must be thousands and thousands of how-to videos every day just us two showing that we're a mother and daughter just everyday people 
and here's how you do it and here's how you make a quick healthy breakfast. So, so that was a big challenge actually. That that was one of the big challenges that we had to face and we only worked that out as we started talking to customers realising that there's there was questions. These, the, we had to educate, which we didn't know that at the time. And the other side of that is how do you actually reach your customers? We didn't know about Facebook ads. We didn't know about email marketing. We didn't even know about social media that much. We just kind of learned it on the fly. Yeah. And I think what happens is having worked with some retail clients and who do wholesale into Coles and Woolies and all that kind of thing is it feels like Woolies and Coles is the holy grail for retail and there's so much more that goes into behind the scenes and buybacks and all types of different things which we don't have time to go into but but it's like if it doesn't work in Woolies or Coles then there's something wrong but that is actually not true right exactly for sure exactly I mean we have a really strong brand because we can actually speak to them directly if we were just on the shelves in Woolies people would would kind of just get lost amongst all the other products yeah, makes perfect sense. You ladies have expanded overseas. What was different and any lessons that you learnt from that? Look, we had, we've had we got a couple of great stories about the overseas. Like I've always uh, wanted to get into the US. I've had uh, my eldest daughter has lived there pretty much the last 10 years on and off. So I've been there a lot and I've always thought really America would, would love our product. So we were lucky because we've had a couple of brands because our social media was really firing when we launched and we had, it was at the time when, you know, Instagram and all that stuff was quite powerful and we had a couple of big brands reach out to us. Like one was Anthropology, which was a great store in the US. Which Our favourite shop we in the We loved. US. And once they get, they sent us an e- email and it arrived at night, of course, in the middle of, of the night. I remember jumping out, out of bed and running into Wake <laughs> Lunner up going, oh, my God, they've just, they want our, our stock, you know. So really we never made a conscious plan to enter that market yet. I was I was planning to do it, but it was never like, oh, yeah, we'll do that here and, you know, have that that real plan. It was like one day we'll do it. But because of our social media, it kind of happened to us without us preparing for it. We weren't ready for it. I mean, we just said yes and we're like, we'll just figure it out as we go. And there was lots of stuff like, for example, we had – Yes. US packaging we had to create, we had to learn all about um, customs. Deal with the FDA because when you're bringing food into a country, there's all those challenges. You have to make sure you, you're abiding by their rules. Packaging is very different. So you have to, we got our own packaging just for the US because the the order was big enough. We thought, well, let's just do that and, and have it so everything's complying by their standards. Yeah, there were lots of things that were challenging but also really fun. It was great to be, you know, to be on the shelves in our favourite store. Walked into our favourite shop and we would just like, grab the staff members like, that's our product. We're from that's Australia. right. <laughs> and the staff. Oh, that's gorgeous. So great. That was so great. <laughs> we went into they every see us. We're a mother-daughter. Like we, you know, they love that. They love that it's all real too. Yeah, so. we went into a whole bunch of stores and introduced ourselves like, hi, that's our product on the shelf. Just This is how you use it just so you know, so you can tell customers. Yeah. That, that was great. And we also um, had a stint in Macy's as well. We had a pop-up in at Macy's, which was fantastic. Definitely a pinch-me moment. Oh, I love Macy's. Yeah. Yes, pinch-me moment for sure. That was great. So we had Again, all that. Again, they reached out to us. They reached out. They We've reached been very out. lucky, but I think it's because our product really is something that is super unique and stands out. Our packaging is great. So it's something that stores want to stock because it looks fun. But we've been very lucky that all of these big customers have come to us. We haven't kind of knocked on anyone's door. No, and we've been 
Like, for example, we've also in Singapore, we've been in Dubai, we've been, um, we're in New Zealand. We sold to the royal family in Dubai once. We did. We did. They bought a whole big order for a Christmas. There must have been, they ordered, this was really early in the piece when we were still hand rolling the bombs and we got this big order. I had to get all these friends in to help, you know, (laughs) roll them and have them ready and then we found out that it was going to the royal family. <laughs> it was like, you know, but my big joke at the time was I can say that I've sold bombs to the Middle East. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love that. Do you know what, though, Lana, you're saying we're very lucky. There's no such thing. The harder you work, the luckier you get, right? We so work very hard. <laughs> yes, we do. You do work very hard. I'm going to come back to that. But I do want to ask you, do you have a five-year plan or anything like that? We did that in the first few years and then we just threw that out. I mean, I know that it works for some people. I think it does work for some people. I know that type that it works for. Lana and I uh, are not that type. We're very... Um, Creative. Creative types, we are. And we do plan a year ahead. And look, and we do talk about it. We just go, you know, I'll say, look, five years' time, I'm hoping that we're, we'll have expanded to this amount and we've got this going on. Perhaps in five years' time I may retire and Lana could take over the business completely, you know, or we could sell in five years' time. It just there's lots of things that could be available to us. We just take one year at a time and see. I love that you're both so creative that you wrote the plan and then threw it out. How do you see the future of the business? Well, you know, we have moments where we just think we're going to be doing this forever, Mm. that we really, we do talk about that, that this is just going to be our life plan. We're just going to be here. We're also just so close. Of course, my mum's a single mum and my elder sister is five years older than me, so she doesn't live with us. And we kind of just get on so well. We're like best friends. So it's like I can't imagine working for someone else. It just seems so weird. We we just work so well together. And we know that there's so much progression for Smoothie Bombs and so many different product lines. Like we're in uh, developing a new product line um, that's coming out in a month's time. So it's like there's always – it's you never get bored because there's always stuff to do. There is indeed. And it is. It's like my side is I do a lot of the product development stuff and Lana's doing all the – all the marketing and stuff, and you're learning all the time about new things that are going on. And really, I couldn't run the business without her, and she probably couldn't run it without (laughs) me. So we're a power team. We actually work really well together because we bring completely different skill sets to And different energy as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I love that. Tell me, it sounds like you both are still doing a lot in the business. (laughs) Do you outsource? Do you delegate? How are you running this beast? Because it sounds like you're very heavily involved. (laughs) We are. And we have done, we have had stages where we've had a lot of outsourcing. We've done that a few times. Sometimes it's worked. Sometimes it really hasn't worked. Yeah. We found that the real core part of the business, it's just better that we do it because we do it well. And so we find it really hard. Bringing in the sales in, I'm really good at. And that's like kind of one of the things that when you outsource it, like we've done it a couple of times and everything's dropped. So it's like, okay, we know our brand voice. We take all of our photos. We do all of our ads. We do all our videos, all that kind of stuff in-house. And, you know, we're good at it. So why pay for someone else to do do, it? I even do our IP. I even go on. Like we had um, a situation there where our – our website was compromised by a what they called a copycat, but they kind of 
cyber squatted us. You know, I was a rookie when I bought our URL, which was just thesmoothiebombs.com. Like, why would you buy anything else? You buy the one that you've got. But what we found out along the way is that, you know, someone could buy smoothiebombs.com and then they're going to get some of your traffic. So we had to go through a whole big kind of legal thing. But, you know, I did a lot of that myself. We sat there and we learned it. My my eldest daughter, we do, I've, you know, done all the IP for our um, brand names and stuff. Like we literally get down and learn it. I know it's crazy because you could just go get someone else to do it. But I think it's the single mom mentality. Save money. (laughs) Like it's really, it's like. We've got to spend a lot of time trying to figure it out and really if we can't figure it out, then we'll pay for an expert. For, but for 99% of the time, we're doing it all in-house and just figuring it we out. Figure we figure it out and yeah. it, it seems like we it's not. It's working. It works. <laughs> it does. Do you think that if you didn't figure it out, if you kind of outsource some stuff so you didn't have to spend a whole stack of time doing that, then, for instance, Lana, you would be, able to focus on sales more? Is, is there things? Have you got a good support system around you? Yeah, no, that's, that is a yeah. challenge. But I think we've been we've been burnt a few times and so yeah. we kind of go. It's learning to trust. It is because we've let lots of things go and then we've had yeah. to pull it back in and fix it. And I, we sound like control freaks, I know. <laughs> no, it makes sense because it's your brand that you've built. Yeah. It's our baby. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that say they can do this stuff and then when you let them do it, they actually can't do it at all. And I think that's something that we really need to work on. We need to learn how to employ the right people and set up the right kind of systems that they know that they can follow that and it's kind of going to come out with the right We outcome. do that with staff. We've done that with staff. With so picking and packing, good. yeah. We've yeah, got all that, that the manual stuff in here, we've got that sorted. We have got like a really fantastic graphic designer that we've turned into a graphic designer. She's actually an illustrator. Just a friend. And we've told her to learn and she's, she's actually better than anyone I've ever worked with because she's really great to work with and she does our packaging Looks especially now we've done some changes. Looks great, like looks all so our different. proteins and our bulk packs have all by this illustrator. That's like you don't get it. No one. It doesn't look like anything else on the market, mm. which I love. We like being originals. We do. <laughs> I love it. I love it because you're so creative. I often see with businesses like your business where you've been burned a few times or you don't want to outsource, so we don't. So we do a lot of the stuff ourselves, and. I also see that sometimes sales don't happen quite as quickly because I would never suggest to anyone who owns their own business to give up the sales element. Like you are the brand, you are the face, you know, you've got to do your sales. But I do see that it kind of can stunt growth if you don't get the outsourcing stuff sorted, but you've got to feel comfortable. You're right. You've got to feel comfortable. And so maybe it's just outsourcing smaller bits and pieces or one thing at a time for you ladies. Yeah, exactly. And we've got at the moment, our revenue and the way we we run it is really good. It's mm. working really well. You Fine know, you know machine. what it's like if you jump up to a like another bigger. If all you're dealing with a different beast. Oh, new new level, new devil. I say. Yeah, <laughs> and we've we've jumped. We've been up there, and sometimes it's like you lose sleep. So sometimes it's like you don't have to have a massive a massive business. It's okay to have one that's big but and is profitable. manageable. And it's making a profit. And to us, that's where we're at now. Like, yeah, slow burn. Especially, I think, because of our current, because of the current economic conditions that are going on, we, this year, we made a real decision to 
just be really keep that core strong and put in a bit more work. And I'm sure that once things get a little bit easier, we'll open up again and grow a bit more. But right now we're really concentrating on Australia. We're not doing a lot of expanding out. We have got our contacts and we've got them from way back, but we're not looking for new markets. We're not, we're just really consolidating the country that we're in and making that, like protecting that basically. Yeah, I love, I love that. That that makes perfect sense. Looking back, is there anything you wish you knew or would have done differently if you were to start again? <laughs> Small question. <laughs> oh, no, there's lots of things. There's lots of things. Although I've got to say the way we do things is we tend to, you know, test the market and then once there's a good response, then we improve it. So we never, we're not about making anything perfect right from the start we take small steps and then improve it as we go along we've always done that we always kind of try and make it allow us to learn as we grow yeah I guess sometimes we joke about like oh if I if I had known how much work needs to go into a business 12 years ago would we have even started probably not so much probably not but then (laughs) yeah it's true we've learned so much like I you know I was uh, 17 when I joined the business and, like, if I had gone to university and just got a, a regular job, I wouldn't know all of these incredible skills that I know. Now I go, okay, well, I know that when I eventually, when we sold the business or I get another job, that I won't go into that area because I really don't like customer service, for example. Or <laughs> I know that I will go into marketing. It's kind of given me a career, you know, projection. Giving you some options, true. Yeah. I mean, food is very, very complicated because you are dealing with a lot of um, – requirements there's lots of things that you would never have known I would never have known that at the start what that meant and and now I know everything about it like I know every little thing and also different countries that need the requirements you learn a lot about food because it is a a health product and you you know the claims you make and all the things that come with being with having food is it's complicated yeah I think over the years we've made a lot of mistakes we've trusted people that we shouldn't have trusted all this kind of stuff but it's gotten us to the point where we are now and I think that you know all the things we learn along the way has made us a better brand and a better business together and you know better relationships so I'm like I'm proud of where we are yeah. And that wouldn't have happened without all of the mishaps along the way. Yeah. All yeah. the times. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I think we sometimes go into businesses really naively and thankfully we do because if we know how much hard work it was, we probably wouldn't choose it. Yeah. Yeah. Job. yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I love it when I hear people say, I want to leave my job so I've got more time, <laughs> have my business, have more time. Are you kidding? It's actually double the time when you're running your own business. You don't have more time. You have less time. And you grab your kids. I've been known to say I wish I'd had more kids so I could have got them in, in the business. I need I need more hands. I should have had more kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tell us, for those that are listening, do you have any words of inspiration who might for people that may either be stuck in a rut or they're listening to this going, wow, these ladies have grown and it's amazing? I think my big one is just do it. You know, don't the words of Nike. Don't expect it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it and get it out and then iterate on that as you're out there and make sure that you have good connection 
with who your core customer base is. Know who they are. Just because you like it and your friend likes it, not enough. You need to actually find someone that's going to pay money for the idea that you've got and it has to be a wide variety. Or, no, it has to be someone that you can see. It's It's got a it, niche. You need to find that niche. And your family and friends aren't enough. It needs to be more than that that says yeah. it's great. I'm glad you brought that up because there are lots of people who have a good idea and their family and friends go, yeah, that sounds amazing. You should so do that. And then they do it and then there's no support whatsoever that happens. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. In fact, that is the thing. Your your family and friends are the least ones that buy your product <laughs> actually in the long run because they're like, oh, yeah, God, smoothie bombs again. You know? <laughs> Whereas, you know, you've got your community out there that really get it and that's that's who you've got to find. You've got to find yeah. those people and then, you know, then you've got a brand and you can really build and grow and change to create something great. Yeah, and it's never the end. Like you might feel like the, you're at the end of the road and you just got to iterate. Like us going from being in stores to online was a huge challenge and it worked out for us. You just got to be open to trying different things. Yeah. Yes, I love this. Ladies, you are so inspirational. Congratulations on having an amazing business and the longevity because I reckon that's amazing. And it's been wonderful to speak to you. Thank you so much for coming on Tea with the Queen. <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Tea with the Queen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to get the word out. For more about me, please visit emmamcqueen.com.au and I look forward to your company next episode. Goodbye. Thank you for coming.